friends, and welcome back to a very exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one half of your host, Jamie. And I am the other half, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. You ever notice you set the expectations for this? This is the first like recording of the new episode, and you've already stated that's an exciting episode. So now our standards are so much higher. Exactly. What if I didn't want this to be? What if I wanted this to be like the chillest episode? Every that's ever episode been of Coffee and Wrestling is the most exciting episode of Coffee and Wrestling you've ever heard. Is it because of the coffee? You are to believe that, just as you are to believe that Roderick Strong has a broken neck. He does. He does. Yes. He's been wrestling with a broken neck and he's, you know. <laughs> or whatever he's doing What are you with? denying? What's neck there to, strong. What's there to, to deny? Hashtag neck strong. I mean, he's, he must be taking care of it well. He's, as far Incredible. as he's gotten at this point. Incredible. It has nothing to do with everybody else that he's wrestled having something to do with getting their ass kicked either before or during the match. No, nothing at all. Uh, before we get into Roderick Strong this week, let's talk a little bit about WWE programming and uh, a little bit of honest time. Oh, no. Believe it or not. We don't watch everything. We don't have time for everything. I'm so sorry. We've had a very, we had a very stressful. Past I know we two blame. We, won't get we blame the it, hurricane. But. We blame family stuff. Whatever it may be, but regardless, it's been a little bit difficult catching up with wrestling. So we are well. Plus, we got some future plans definitely. that are, are, are daunting on us here in yes. the next couple of weeks. We are most uh, definitely behind on WWE programming. So however, I apologize for that. However, we do always try to keep our toes in the water to make sure we know what's going on. So just give like a. A review, actually, we just caught up. It's it's Sunday afternoon, and we just end up watching Gunther versus uh, Chad, Chad Gable. Gable for the Intercontinental title on Monday Night Raw. And my God, what a match. Like, what a great match. So glad that we sat down and watched it. If you haven't watched it yet, go back and watch it. Um, worth it. It wasn't watching <laughs> it the was, same match that just it, happened a couple of weeks ago. It's it was worth incredible. it strictly because of the end camera cuts not the even last, the wrestling the itself last, no, no no of course <laughs> the wrestling was phenomenal i don't think anybody had any doubts that this match was going to be phenomenal in a, in from bell to bell but the wwe delivered like they always do making sure they catch all of the camera angles that are going to be best for business and they practically went off of air with chad gable's daughter just Mauling her poor little like poor what seven year old eyes out. It got me tears a little bit streaming. choked up. Mom was kind of teared up. Her other daughter's like her yeah. other daughter's face was stuffed in mom's chest. They were all upset. And so you WWE could tell it took such a t- they you know they like I, I joked about it, but you know whoever runs the cameras back there, whether it's still Kevin Sullivan or or whoever it is in or Kevin I'm sorry Kevin Dunn just were like get tight get tight in on her face. <laughs> I want to see the tears dripping. I want to see. I want to feel. I want to feel her. Pain and my god did they get oh so good i was laughing because now you've now you've now put a seed because we're not done this is not done by a long shot chad gable has not just lost this match and just said well that's it i'm i'm never gonna go for this title again like i can't see how he might not get this title but i can't see how the the program between chad gable and gunther is finished yet i feel like there's so much more meat on the bone and ending it the way they did to where chad did a phenomenal job, but still wasn't able to eke it out in the last little bit. And in front of his family, he's embarrassed. He's hurt. He's, uh, you know, his his Alpha Academy uh, partners are, are just watched him lose on like his biggest stage. Like, I think the this crowd is gonna be, was losing it. Oh, the crowd's so behind him right yeah. now. I think he is 
on the road to getting to peak Chad Gable because of this. And I, I again, I don't think we're done with him and Gunther yet. No, but it only made Chad Gable just become like the best version of himself. Oh, as if he wasn't over enough already. I know, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, if we're going to talk about being uh, people being over... Let's talk about the opportunity that L.A. Knight has had lately with with constantly being on TV, yep. constantly getting a, a lot of, just really deserved push. A lot of positive things from uh, behind the scenes in WWE. Uh, we've heard that he's just signed either a contract extension or a new long-term, I think it's a five-year contract with WWE. Oh, wow, that's great. Uh, and this will be kind of his confirmation of his push going forward. I guess they were kind of testing the waters a little bit, making sure that you know he was going to be over, and it looks yeah, like they're going full in. steam ahead with, with him. They've they just had him in a match against the Miz, I think, last week. Uh, yeah, last week because on on SmackDown this week they had an absolute amazing performance by Miz with John Cena, who you couldn't see, wasn't there. And had an entire, what, probably 15-minute segment of just him in the ring. And yes, it was corny. Yes, it was a little bit off the wall. Yes, it was goofy wrestling. But you got to give The Miz a lot of props. He you have carried to be a special that person to do that. He carried that segment yeah. by himself having a conversation with an invisible person. Right. And then had a mock fight with said invisible person. I loved it. It was I like it was great and this, this is, is great. People I think forget how great that he is and I know following the Miz's career and seeing him come from literally MTV t- talking about how he wanted to be a star mm-hmm. in WWE and now he is. He's been a heel since before he was in the WWE. It's been exactly, great. Exactly. Exactly. He is I I you can relate him to Chris Jericho where I don't know if if he's reinvented himself as much as Chris Jericho has, but he has found a way to make himself a useful asset to WWE. Like he ever since he's he joined creeps the WWE, in one oh, way yeah. or another, whether there's a storyline with him in it, all of a sudden he just somehow weasels his way into the storyline. Right. The whole balls, the giant balls thing. And then he had all that with, um, Oh, what was the guy that's that draws Sam Shaw, but not Sam yep. Shaw. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis. I mean, it, but even like anytime you give this man a mic, he's off TV for six months. You don't see him or maybe right. he's jobbed out a couple of times. He does what he needs to do. You know, he comes to work, he goes home. But then you put a mic in his hand and he just cuts this promo to where you're like, I hate this man so much. He's so good at what he does. Strictly by what, what he's saying. The right. big balls thing is a perfect example. Like it's corny. It's goofy. But you remember God, it. I want to hate him so much. Yeah. And it, it, Maurice comes out in the bag that looks like two balls. Like, and uh, like it's so good. Now you have L.A. Knight, who same degree, different, uh, different side. You put a microphone in that man's hand, and the crowd is just eating money. it up. The crowd is eating it up. It's not his in-ring performance that is over the top. He's a great in-ring performer, but it's his mouth and his mic skills that really have gotten over with the crowd, and it, that. Just by putting him on TV, barely in any matches, and hell, he would lost like, like six or seven straight matches. Right, LA Knight did. You he, know, one of those. I think you got to pay your dues in a right. sense to be able to to be on the top, to be in the top dog position, like the other people that are in that spot. You have to lose a couple matches, and you have to genuinely. I think they genuinely needed to see the crowd be disappointed that right. LA Knight wasn't getting a push. Yeah, and it's, made them. That's what WWE is great made at them, doing. Made them want it, want more. it more. Yeah, you're like, yeah. why are you not giving me this? I'm telling you, this is what I want. We love him. You're Give not us giving me what I want. Give it to and me. Then and then they then... don't. And then they don't. And then they don't. But then when they finally do, 
now doesn't it feel so great? Oh yeah. And LA, he literally is walking the walk too. Like with the second his music hits and he starts walking out there, it's crazy to see him grow as a performer because shoes of a champion. Did I say shoes of a champion? <laughs> you know, like even stuff like that. Like, was he confident? Sure. Was he as confident then as he is now? No way. I think he had to go through those trials and tribulations I think himself. He, but I think he was confident enough in that same regard. He just didn't have a loud enough platform. Right. Now he does, and now he's realizing he's really good at it. Even when he fumbles up in his promos, he's able to pick up where he left off and just keep going. Oh, he rolls through it like nothing happened. Yeah, that's and what you again, have to do. I know there's been like linear com- comparisons between him and The Rock, but and this is another one. The Rock did that just as well. When he would fuck something up, he would turn it around and say, well, now you've got me so flabbergasted, even exactly. The Rock is fucking up words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's, Bailey's good They just that. roll with it. Yeah, Bailey's great. Ba- Bailey's amazing on the mic. She really is. So good for LA Knight for getting this push. Good for him to re-signing a contract with WWE. Happy to see him where he's at. Biggest stage of them all, with probably the dude, one of the biggest mouths in the industry since, I don't know, probably The Miz at this point. Um, but we also have a little bit of a bloodline storyline for the first time in a couple weeks it's been kind of stagnant the past couple weeks ever since uh jay quit and then came back and then uh but we got jimmy's going back to the bloodline with three m's with three m's (laughs) uh yeah a little bit confusing i don't know i uh smackdown was interesting because he was like kind of was he praising solo like hey uh we're the ones or was he, like, mocking him? Like, I really couldn't... I think he's trying to get back in. He's trying to get back into the good graces. He's been trying talking to uh, Paul Heyman to, you know, hey, you know, when's... You know, I'm all, I'm in, I'm in. I never said I wasn't in, and now Paul Heyman's... It's... I don't know. It it, it feels like we're we're elongating the story just to elongate the story. And right. And it, it's gotten boring for me, so I haven't Same. really been paying a lot of attention to it. But I think the more interesting factor that's come out of the bloodline kind of taking a backseat to storyline, because honestly... Judgment Day is running the show. Like they've got, Absolutely. they've got the tag team belts. You have Rhea is the SmackDown Women's Champion. No, she's no, the World don't. Women's Champion. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Dominic is the NXT North American Champion. And Damian Senor Money in the Senor Bank. Senor Money in the Bank. Uh, but I think the bigger story out of all this is since Jay has moved. I mean, he quit technically WWE on. A few weeks ago and then came back said he wants to become uh, a smackdown superstar so has just injected himself into that adam pierce has no control over anything that's happening in in the back apparently he wants to be smackdown or raw he's on raw right he's on raw i'm sorry i'm getting my shows mixed up he's on raw now which means there's an open hole in smackdown so that means raw has to take one of their superstars and give them to smackdown so I think the only logical person that you could ever put over there is Cody Rhodes. Is this his opportunity to finish the story? I think this is the only opportunity because at this point, what else are you going to do? But at the same time, we haven't seen Roman Reigns in how long? Um, well, I think the last time he wrestled, he had a minor in- injury. Right. I we haven't seen that. anything since. Brian Danielson had a major injury and I saw him wrestle a few, a few weeks ago. We don't want to talk about that. That's, oh, no, that's we whole... want to talk about not that. Yet, not yet. Not yet. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's an opportunity for the WWE to do it, but I feel like it fits in that category of, well, no shit. Like, it just, it seems like it's too obvious. It is. It's too on the nose. But at the same time, how else are you going to have Cody, quote unquote, finish the story 
without being available in the same show that he can finish the story on. Right, because the second he was drafted to Raw, it was like, oh, that's kind of weird. It's like the secondary. Like, I feel like if you win Seth Rollins' title as Cody Rhodes right now, I feel like it, it doesn't finish the story. It's not the title that your dad wore. It's not right. the title that you came back to WWE. Exactly. To get like that was his whole thing about coming back to WWE. Right, to was get to win the belt that, that Roman specific was. title. Right. Uh, so you got to wonder: is this just been an opportunity? Have they had? I mean, I'm sure they've had this planned out for months. Like, oh, I can't, absolutely. I, I don't feel like WWE is is a company that runs. Okay, what are we doing next week, guys? You yeah, know, like I, I'm South sure. <laughs> short of or short of bad disaster of an uh, an injury or travel accommodations, I feel like WWE's got like the next six months planned out. Oh, absolutely, because AEW has proven, uh, Rob Van Dam said something in a few weeks ago that they ha- had talked to him in January for his match w- against uh, Jack Perry. So right. even AEW is thinking that far ahead. So yeah, I mean, I think, do they know the ending? I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Triple H was quoted a while back saying that he does know you know, how it's going to go. So they have to. You're talking about Cody Rhodes' story? No, more Roman Reigns. Okay. You know, how it's going to pan out, what what their plan for him is. Right, right. And I'm sure... thought about that. And I'm sure at this point, with, you know, them being well over two years of Roman holding those belts, I mean, you've got it. Like, you can't have a runaway runaway train like this without, you know, knowing where the destination is going to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it would just be... the, The amount of luck that would be needed for two straight years of them just... Well, I guess we're gonna try this. Oh wow, that worked. Uh, try this. Oh wow, that worked. Like I, mm-hmm. I, they have to have some end game with this. I think Cody would be a great solution for that. I mean, it would make sense. He's a great it, champ. You know, he's he has, one that would fight every week. I mean, he did that with the TNT Championship when he was at AEW. He has a very pol- polarizing story right now. He's mm-hmm. had a lot of focus on put on him in the past six months to a year right. ever since he's gone back to WWE. And he's had all those matches with Brock since he's had that match. With and Roman honestly, Reigns. he's had a lot of conditions to where it's just been like, wow, Cody Rhodes did this. He fought Seth Rollins with uh, a, a ripped open peck right. in a Hell in a Cell. Like you said, he he beat Brock Lesnar two out of three matches. You know, he's gone toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns, even if he hasn't won. Like, he's... A lot of focus has been put on the Captain America of WWE. Uh, exactly. You know, it would, you be, build it would it make up. sense. You so, can't have him come in and win right away. That doesn't make any sense. You have to have the story attached to it. And of course, know? I mean, and everybody in the world, you know, you and I were in that boat back then. Maybe this wasn't the right idea to have Cody Rhodes lose. But now looking back at it, maybe we don't know it as good sense. as we do Hunter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're all, we always all, and that's all with, with podcasts and and. And tweets, and we're all just fucking fantasy booking this shit. Oh, exactly. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. We don't know more than, than Hunter or Tony Khan. Although, I don't know, with AEW, it really feels like sometimes you and I talk about things and then it happens 10 days later. I feel like he's got us mic'd up and he's listening. He's like, that is a good idea, guys. WWE's next premium live event is going to be Fastlane, which will be October 7th. So we've got just under a month until that happens. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of buildup, plenty of storyline, plenty of whatever we want. Building up to the new one, but we're going to move on to AEW. I can see you're over there like a puppy dog with your little doughy eyes just waiting to get on to AEW. Oh, I'm just so excited. I, I've really had a big love and appreciation, I think Mark and I both have, for Japanese wrestling. So the yes. idea that Tony Khan has recently announced AEW Wrestle Dream that is going to be taking place on October 1st in Seattle is absolutely just 
already an instant classic. You can tell it's it's going to be. Um, he's hoping. I think he said something about maybe stardom, um, trying to get some people over from Japan. Well, I know. Yeah, we I know AEW has been trying. They've been wanting to do a stardom crossover kind of i think you you called it the second forbidden door or the other forbidden door right um but yeah having more stardom talent come in which i think would be amazing because they have some great. tremendous talent in stardom and, and, and yeah and they but we've only got one match so far and that's okay because again but even before the, anything be was announced match. i was like this is going to be great but brian danielson came out uh when was it uh rampage or collision i think it was I think Rampage. It was, uh, no, it was Collision. We still got to re- we gotta uh, finish watching Rampage. Brian Danielson came out for AEW Collision this week and announced that in Seattle, which is his hometown, yes. he would like to face the... Uh, how did he refer to him as? You know, the the technical the wrestler, TMD, TMDK. Yeah. He is the NJPW television champion, Zach, Zach Sabre, Sabre Jr. Jr. My God, was not the name I was expecting, it is definitely a name that a my match. tiny little wrestling nipples was hoping for. <laughs> my God. I You were talking about two of the greatest technical wrestlers in wrestling right now and, and, going and at it in I, Seattle. I think the biggest Holy thing shit. we got to remember as well is Brian not only talked about this match, but the reason why he said he wanted to set up this match at Wrestle Dream is that he's coming up on the end of his career. He yeah, that's is, correct. He said that there are things... That he cares for more than wrestling, and that's his family, and he wants to be there for his family and completely understand. I am a father of two. I completely understand where you're coming from. And he has said if this is going to be his final year of wrestling, which means we only have a 12-month shelf life of Brian Danielson, which... Holy shit, never would have thought that those words would have ever come out of it's my mouth. It's kind of a bittersweet thing, but it gives us, he said, this is going to be the best year of my he career. Said, yeah, he said, if, if this, this isn't be already year, been the best year of his career, he's he already going to make it if better. If this is going to be the last year of my career, then I'm going to make this the most epic year of my career. And I absolutely do not doubt that for a second that he's going to give his absolute all even after shattering his arm what in two places and bouncing back like it was nothing with this Ricky Starks match recently I still don't think he was he was fully cleared to wrestle yeah and this match is again in less than a month I I feel like his arm was healed enough to the point that you could do things because I, I, when I was 16 I broke my collarbone and the doctor said oh you're gonna be in a sling from eight to ten weeks and after like four weeks when like the tiniest chunk of that bone set I was like oh get me out of this sling get this stupid thing off my shoulders sure so I mean I feel like it's one of those because it's only been I think half the time that he was supposed to be for recovery. I don't know. I heard that he was going to come back in October and I was like, wow, holy shit. He came back in September. That's crazy enough. And now he's going to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. Mm -hmm. Apparently this match was supposed to happen at Forbidden Door, the second one, uh, and and ended up getting switched around. Um, Which, I don't know. I guess it's unfortunate for Brian. Well, yeah, he might not have broken his arm back then, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, he wouldn't have gotten that match. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, I, I do have to say that Zack Sabre Jr. R- replied to Brian Danielson. Yeah, you did, you did bring this up. I have not read this at all. I've I've been completely disassociated from social media this morning, so I have not seen this response. So this is the first time I've ever heard of it. Yep, so you know how NJPW is just fantastic about doing little interviews and posting them online. Uh, somebody had asked him, uh, Zack Sabre oh, Jr. about the match that he was he could potentially be having with Brian Danielson. Here was the quote. Uh, Dragon bollocks, Brian Danielson, about bloody time. I've been waiting. I can't think of a better time and place than Wrestle Dream. Brian, you're one of the greatest wrestlers that's ever lived, but if I surpassed oh, yeah. but I surpassed you yonks ago, dickhead. Yonks. Wow. 
Those are harsh <laughs> words. He's not that old, is he? Zack Sabre Jr.? Yeah, he's in his like early or his mid-20s, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's got to be late 20s. Those are harsh I mean, somebody's got to take, somebody's got to dethrone him. Like, I don't think he can ride off into the sunset without, like, you can't do, not do business before you leave. Like, that's, oh, if we're going to talk about doing business, I don't, I, there's not much to talk about yet. They just set that match up. We just heard about it. Zack Sabre Jr. has just responded, oh. so Brian has not responded at all, but if we're going to talk about doing business, and we don't have this on the docket, and I don't know why we... And we do have it on the docket now I look at it. Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli will be wrestling in a week and a half. At, in New York. In New York on Dynamite's Grand Slam. Yes. Title for title. Title for title. Ring of correct. Honor World Championship versus the NJPW Strong Openweight Champion. And Double it's just going to be a Wednesday night, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Real quick before we go too far. Zack Sabre Jr. is 36. Okay. He's, he's your a, age. He's my age. Touche. You, why you got to tell people how old I am? Touche. Great. Back to my point. Better things but than my age. We talk about how WWE like likes to make you wait and likes to bring you down. Because, come on, everybody wanted Eddie Kingston to beat Claudio when they had that phenomenal match at, I believe it was Death Before Dishonor. Yep. Everybody yep. wanted Eddie to win. Now we've been, months and months and months have gone well, by. We've, also had, we've seen a lot of small interactions between the two. Well, we've also had Blood and Guts matches. They were on the same team. Right. And the next year they were against each other. Right. Which... I'm, you know, right off rip, Eddie was like, no, nah, I don't want to be on this guy's team. I want nothing to do with this guy. Literally, as soon as he debuted. Mm-hmm. So they've had a lot of interaction with each other. Again, Eddie lost. on, uh, uh, And he didn't really have a great match against Claudio in the sense that wasn't the he best. really got his ass whooped. It wasn't the best in his regard. Yeah, he, he really, really got, got his, his ass, ass whooped. But and I, think I think it needed it. I think it needed to add the meat I agree. On the I think that was needed. And now that he's come back from Japan, it's like Eddie Kingston is a completely different dude. He's kind of like living the Eddie Kingston dream. He literally met his idol. He's coming back from doing something that he's wanted to do since he was a child. And he's got like a different... He's got a different mindset. He does. Well, he has I a think, really good I, mindset. I, I think a lot of it, because before he ended up going to do uh, NJPW and competing in the G1 Climax, and just before that, winning the uh, NJPW Open Strong Championship, uh, he would always, if you if you followed, even just in AEW, if you followed anything with Eddie Kingston, you know that he's always been very doubtful about his skills, about his capabilities, about the confidence that people, you know, have put in him and have, you know, supported him. Um, and it's been kind of his character downfall. It's been the one thing that he gets so far and then usually lets his emotions get the better of him. Right. And he collapses on himself. And a lot of it's been, it's not that he hasn't had the skill or the capability to get his, or to yeah. achieve his goals. Yeah, the wrong mindset. He just, yeah, right. Every time he would go into it, he's already defeated because he's already looking negative right. on himself. He's not believing and in himself now, before he even gets in the ring. And now we have an Eddie Kingston that's a little bit different than that. He knows he's champion. He's champion championship quality right he's met his idols his idols didn't scoff at him he's gone to the place that he believes is the mecca of professional wrestling japan and has competed against the greats that are still alive he's fought against dream opponents of his and i think now we're on the side of eddie kingston to where he's confident in himself he knows that he can do the things that he set himself this is a dangerous eddie kingston to be going up against and it's not the same one like you said that claudio faced 
months ago and at, I think, at Death Before Dishonor. I think Claudio thinks that that is the same Eddie that's coming in here. So I do not think that he is in the slightest prepared for that Eddie Kingston to walk through the ring. He's right. ready for old Eddie. He's ready for the Eddie that he just slaughtered and left for dead on, right. the, on the ring months ago. Now on He's the, not ready for NJPW, Eddie. On the flip side of that, Eddie's gained all this confidence, this skills. He's he's won a championship. He's gone overseas and competed in one of the biggest competitions in professional wrestling today. Did very well. But you also have Claudio, who has been, you know, <laughs> tried and true, tried and true. Fire has <laughs> his has made his steel stronger. He has sure. he's been through so many battles with. He Mo- doesn't have with, a with, bad next match. To John Moxley learning with Brian Danielson training right. Wheeler Yuta. He's right. been a world champion. He's lost it, won it back. I, I mean. This isn't the same Claudio that Eddie has faced. It is a it's same thing. It's a it's a much more fine tuned Claudio. Yes. Claudio knows yes. that he's that good, and he's Very exhibiting precise. it. And yes. he's got the the support group that makes him better. You right. know, iron sharpens like you said, iron. Look you who's know in his mean? corner. Right. I'm right. talking we're talking about confidence. He knows that he is the best version of himself. So when these two men finally meet, it's going to be a hell of a match. And oh I, yeah. I, it's going to be a 50-50 match. I don't here. think it's going to be done after this. I think we I think it's I don't think this is going to be the end of end of their story. It might be the end of it for now. It might be the end of one of their title reigns and we'll see this I think we're going to see this comeback of you took my title, I'm taking your career. Maybe, but I think the only way that we can move on from this is if Eddie Kingston does win takes Claudio's title, mm-hmm. stands there with both, and Claudio gives him the handshake and gives him the respect that he finally deserves. That is going to be a changing point in Eddie Kingston's career. Another one of the matches that we have coming up on Grand Slam, and I think that's September 20th, uh, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, friendly friendly competition between the two friendly? is going to be happening. Friendly? Eh, they shook hands. Chris and- Jericho was shirtless on Collision. Which Why did he I, come out with no shirt? He doesn't make I, you feel weird it, when your nipples are just blowing in the wind and everybody's sitting there. They like. had to have recorded something prior because I've noticed something with Jericho whenever he's on uh, commentary. If he comes out fully dressed, that means he hasn't anything to do with the rest of the day. Okay, but they if he has no shirt already. on, if he has no shirt on, then he's recorded something. So that means. Okay. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't show. Maybe he just showed up to work with. Nah, I don't feel like having a shirt on. Anyways, Jericho sounds like a Jericho thing to do. Jer- yeah, it does. <laughs> Jericho is uh, helping with the announcing on Collision. Uh, Sammy Guevara comes out for some weird reason, and it was like basically calls Jericho to the to to the stand, and they just had the lamest back and forth. I'm mad. Yeah, well, I'm mad. Well, you've been pissing me up. Well, you've been pissing me up. Well, I want to punch you in the face. Well, I want to punch you in the the face. And it was just, okay. Like, the minute. I'm sure the match is going to be absolutely great. Like, I really, I really am. Sammy's starting to become a baby face again and is starting to get some love from the crowd again. Right. People are cheering for him. He's worked really hard to become a baby face and get out of that, like, unfortunate stint that he had with Ty. Where everybody was just absolutely hating on them and booing the shit out of them. So at least right. he's able to get over that. But um, one thing that I'm looking forward to uh, that's also happening at Grand Slam. Soraya will be taking on one of the women that are facing each other in a four-way match at this upcoming AEW Dynamite. And that is Hikaru Shida. I mean, these four. When I looked at the list, I was like, you couldn't have picked like the most generic 
AEW four women's wrestlers to put in this tournament. Right. But you got Hikaru Shida, you have Tony Storm, Britt Baker, and Nyla Rose will face each other on AEW Dynamite this week. And I, the winner will face Soraya for the Women's World Championship. I would have loved to seen them do a little bit different, like you said. I don't have anything against Nyla Rose. She hasn't been on the AEW programming in a while, so there's not a lot of fire behind her. So I can't see. <laughs> I, I can see why they put her in here as a as a sure, as a person, a, a body. I I, I she, wish they would have what I was going to say. She is AEW Charlotte Flair. When there is a t- <laughs> without championship the, without the legacy tournament or match or anything like that. Nyla Rose is automatically put into it. And, of course, like I said, the other three are just so obvious. So I wish it would have been a little bit more of a unique opportunity to put some women in who don't always get into these type of situations. Honestly, you know who I would love to see? Who's that? And I know she she's in a program with another uh, championship right now. It's Jade Cargill. Ooh. I would have loved to seen her go from taking the loss of the TBS championship from Chris Statlander and turning that into motivation of, I don't need that belt. That belt's beneath me. I want to go for the women's championship. Belt. That would be great. And she just came back this week. Of course. And, and you know, she's yeah, huge. She great to see her back. And I, I get where, why we're doing it with Chris Statlander again, but I really wish they would have, like you said, interjected a little bit more, uh, new women, yeah, into fresh faces. The AEW Women's Championship belt. Even somebody like Athena, who's obviously the ROH Forever Women's Champion. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Forever. Just She's the Forever I Women's mean, Champion. Claudio's in that same boat right now. I mean, he's. Oh, yeah. He's, I, I, who, Not for long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, putting somebody like Athena in there, who is the ROH Women's Champion, and, and spotlighting that. They did that in the Owen Hearts Cup, but spotlighting the ROH Women's Champion and putting her in right. there. I just feel like again they just picked a very obvious group of women. I mean, they just took whoever whoever won the belt and they had an open spot and they stuck Nyla Rose in it. And it's like, okay, so you have what was the other three top tier women at your biggest pay per view? Mm-hmm. They've all been the women's champion before. All of them, yeah. All four of them. It just I don't know. I wish we would two we, on the nose. I just wish we would have put a little bit new blood in the in the yeah, division. Well, put you one know of what the I mean? renegades in. Eh. I know Billy Starks is hurt, but I mean something. Something, yeah. Other than just the, your standard four, it was just too obvious. It's your, you for know, me. it's it's like when you get in your get in your buddy's car and you're like, "What do you want to listen to?" And he picks out, you know, either Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, or Slayer. Like it's it's the same four. Like there's more bands than that, but I'll rush all the time. I'll rush all the time. It is variety. <laughs> But I digress. One of those women will be facing Soraya at Grand Slam. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, she was able to win at AEW All In, which is fantastic. She was in One at home, which never happens in wrestling. Super cool. Yeah, that really doesn't happen very often lately. Um, I don't know what to expect from this run from her, considering we haven't seen a lot of Soraya wrestle. And Well, that's been one of the highlights of her uh, budding new championship is that she needs to be in more singles matches. She needs to be a fighting champion. And I don't know if we're going to see a face turn with Soraya because that's kind of an honorable thing to do. Usually, like an MJF, who's who's a scumbag, wrestles once every three months, only when he absolutely is is necessary to do so. It's At least he heelish. used to. Well, I know. It's, it's <laughs> just a very heelish thing to do as opposed sure. to, well, I'm going to defend it every, I mean, look at Orange Cassidy, defend right. it at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Anytime there was a pay-per-view, put everything he had and everybody gets behind him. But you don't really see that in the heel kind of aspect. So you got to wonder, are we pulling Soraya into a more face kind of direction? You've got Ruby Soho, who's okay with beefing with Tony Storm, who is 
I absolutely love this new character of Tony Storm. I've been very critical over yeah. Tony, Tony Storm since I love she's it. got to AEW. And she's, watch out for the shoe. I have absolutely loved what she's done with her character. <laughs> it is something that you don't that you really haven't seen in wrestling on TV right. lately, and I think it's just a it's about phenomenal. The performance. It's about the like character. Oh, itself. I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm excited to see what she's doing with this. We have the whole outsiders like all in shambles yeah, and going different which is directions. good i think that's a good direction to go yeah, because I don't it think, really I think, wasn't working i think it really fell flat so i i i'm i'm stoked to see what soraya is going to do with this belt but it's all going to be hinged on who gets the win out of this fatal four-way and i can't see anybody but tony storm getting the win i know i can't really either because she's already obviously had she's only had one real rival right she'd have just had the belt Brit. yeah Britt hasn't really had a lot of steam behind her, right? Uh, and again, in a good couple months, nothing Nyla against her, hasn't just done... hasn't been storyline. Same, no. yeah, same thing with Nyla. She's so it would same just boat. be very odd. So I mean, I think it's fair to say that it more than likely will be Tony Storm. But versus tell me Soraya. that wouldn't be a, tell me that wouldn't be a great matchup between the two of them. Oh, it really would. You know, because you've got the storyline between the two of them, so it makes a lot more sense than just grabbing somebody like Nyla Rose who doesn't have any storyline. And then you can right really you can really sink your teeth into well, you know, we never really worked as a group because of you. Oh, of you course. know what I mean? You can really pull you pull into the, like some real world that didn't really work out. You know, you can pull that in and just be in, and make that a thing and just lean into it. Lean right. into the real world shit and, and the emotion comes with it. Yeah, so. and it's okay for Tony Storm to lose here because then it'll just break her character even more. Oh my god, yeah, it'd be great. You know, it'd be great. Just add more depth to that character. I'm look kind of looking forward to it if it's going to be the two of them. Now, the last little bit that we'd like to go over uh, is the final match that has been confirmed for, again, AEW Grand Slam coming up on September 20th. I'm sure they'll have a couple more than just this, but so far for Dynamite, more than likely the main event is going to be your AEW World Championship MJF facing, I think I know the writing on the wall here, either Roderick Strong or Samoa Joe for that championship belt. Um it's really interesting. There's a lot to unpack here. It's really good because, of course, AEW gets a lot of heat for not really having storyline. But this story has two stories within it. You've got Roderick Strong, who is basically the former best friend of Adam Cole, who mm-hmm. is the now best friend of MJF. Right. So Roderick Strong has been really upset with Adam Cole and what he's doing and now wants to put himself into this championship uh, eliminator tournament and win it. And prove you know, that, prove. You know. I don't even want the belt. I just want to be able to win this. You know, right. that's what he's doing. And he's got the kingdom by his side. Uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett there. Um, like we said it before, next strong, you know. Right. Well, here's, <laughs> here's, very here's the thing, though. Okay, so Tony Khan has had an issue with storyline for years and years. Mm-hmm. For past maybe three and a half years, he's had, a, he's had an issue with just there's not a lot of history. It's a brand new company, so you can't lean back on history that's happened in the company already. But if you you've ever back on other history, here you go. If you've ever bought a, especially like EA games, whether it's NBA, NBA NHL, uh, NFL, the way they do it now is when you do your little my character thing, you have to grind. You have to grind hard to get your points. Sure. They make it very, very difficult to upgrade your character because they want you to look at the DLC. They want you to get download. It's like uh, GTA. They want you to download Gymshark cards. They want you to die, download or buy, I'm sorry, buy their in-game currency to apply to your character. What Tony Khan has done is he went out a few years ago and he bought the ROH DLC for wrestling. <laughs> 
and has now implemented it in AEW. And he's just been able to implement it in the best way now. And he has taken that ROH DLC and has applied it to one of the most polarizing characters in AEW right now, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Right, who directly doesn't even really have anything to do with any of this. Anything, nothing. But he was able to overlay the DLC with his current campaign. (laughs) And now he has this amalgamation of what seems like, oh my God, we're talking years of storyline between sure. Roderick Strong and Adam Cole and the Kingdom and Samoa Joe and Ring of Honor and now your AEW world champion who has been the biggest heel since the day he's been in AEW right. has now got his fingers interlaced with the hands of ROH and it's just this this perfect little baby that uh, that Tony Khan is sitting in his office just going Coo-coo-coo-coo. oh exactly it's, it's great it's and they've now taking hardcore fans of wrestling that were fans of ROH that watched all of those tapes and all of those online videos and all of those pay-per-views and have now taken the general audience that has grown an interest into AEW and is able to take the two of them and melt them into this perfect little bubble. Exactly. And that's what you have with this match. Yeah, and not only that, then he added the amazing lore of NXT where Samoa Joe, like you said in the last podcast, uh, pushed uh, MJF starting right. that rivalry between the two of right. them. So regardless of who MJF's opponent is going to be at Grand Slam, either Roderick Strong or Samoa Joe, you know you're going to get a great match, but the storyline is so in-depth with mm-hmm. both. So it's, what it's, Tony, it's what, great. What, oh, What Tony Khan has done... Oh, I just had a moment. Go ahead. One second. What Tony Khan has done is he's taken a Dodge chassis, put a Chevy motor, and a Ford transmission... And he's created a car. <laughs> That's what Tony Khan has done with this. A supercar? He's, I don't know about a supercar. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, uh, things never like the, you know, things don't always pan out the way that you want them to. What if something happened when Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe had this match at Dynamite? Mm-hmm. Somehow there's some interference. Maybe the kingdom does something and they get caught. They call the match and they say it's going to be a three-way. And they turn it into a world title tournament strictly between Adam Cole and the kingdom and MJF. <laughs> Sounds like no. it's right up Tony Cole. Um, I, I could see that. I couldn't see that. No, I don't no. think I could see that. I think you know, I think it's too, too much. much. I think it's too much. I would like to see so that just that? because, you know, if I had the video game and I was wanting to do it, yeah, I'd put MJF, Adam Get Cole, the video game, uh, all of the Kingdom, Samoa Joe. Fuck it, let's throw the Undertaker in there too. Like, <laughs> so if Joe wins here, which I, to me it seems like the writing on the wall. That's what you think over Roderick Strong. Really. Oh really? You're are you being dead serious? I'm in I'm in camp next strong. Oh, you really thought it was gonna be Roddy? I really was hell bent. This is why I don't talk about you talk about things okay. with wrestling with okay. you in between podcasts because no, I like this stuff. I'm hell bent and determined thinking from right from the beginning it was gonna be Samoa Joe. But it would be such a good like oops, gotcha. I think it it's gonna Roddy. be an oops gotcha and I think okay. I think it's gonna be an oops gotcha. I think Roderick is gonna be able to pull the win off. Somehow, some way, he's going to go over one of the most dominant people that has ever graced the halls mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor. Which would be so good for Roddy for people who don't know how good he is. And he's so good. I think he's going to get the win. Okay. And MJF is going to rub that in Samojo's face. And he's going to be like, you couldn't oh. even get past a guy with a broken neck. You, okay. You're so we're not on like the level pay-per-view. of the devil. Mm, very nice. And then you push it to the pay-per-view. Okay. Very nice. I think that you there's... I was thinking the exact opposite. I thought Samoa Joe would win, clear cut. They would have their match, but it would just be 
Roddy's now maybe like terrorizing MJF and he's not interfering in the matches, but he's always there watching or, you know, kind of like mind games or something like that. So that MJF has that in the back of his head that he's got to watch out for Roddy. Think of that in the same aspect. Exactly what you say. Kind of like a Dexter Loomis with Miz situation. But swap the players, Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. He's going against... Roderick Strong, and now he has, who's a small fish in the pond right now. Right. Like, let's be honest. And you have a big fish on the outsides mm-hmm. nipping at MJF's heels. Right. MJF's got to worry about music. MJ, MJF's got to, he's got to, he's got to worry about Roderick Strong. He's got to worry about his belt. He's sure. got to worry about the Triple B. Right. But here's, a, here's Samoa Joe. Like, he's sitting there right on the, as yep. soon as he's walking out there, he's in Gorilla oh, standing yeah. there, like, I'm watching you, Max. Yep. Bitch. The crowd's all yelling, Joe's going to kill you. And Kid. It's, it's, yeah, it's you driving know what him I mean? nuts. Like, and yeah, when he's out there, so Joe's going to kill you. Chants are going to happen. Uh-huh. When he's in his match, Joe's going to be ringside. He's going to be, at, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Or on commentary, because you know he can do commentary. Because Roger couldn't play the mind games that Joe could if he was on the outskirts. I think maybe the whole kingdom could. You oh, the know? whole kingdom could, but not Roger Strong. You got Matt Taven and Mike Bennett out there just but even like then, doing MJF his dirty work. MJF isn't inst- intimidated by the by the kingdom. You know damn well he, in, in a ring like he would be able to go toe to toe with any of them one on one. Oh, for but sure. Joe, Joe. There's no way on a one on one on one with no interference, with no battery, no bullshit that MJF could go one on one with Joe and beat him. No way. And I think that are going to play into that with MJF. He's going to be scared, so he's going to do all of his scumbag tactics of while course. still trying to keep "I'm your scumbag" right as a as his moniker. Right. He's going to do just everything borderline to be almost a heel, but not enough to where he's still a face. Where he's kind of like stopping himself, remembering Adam Cole, and that's kind of what I thought if he fought Roddy. You know, I think he's going to be the one keep pushing. Keep thinking about Adam in the back of his head. Don't be dirty. Don't do that. You but know? he's going to be the one pushing his his Adam Cole through the haunted house right after their wedding day. Oh, instead of you pushing me. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. But that, I hope I, he handles it better. <laughs> I could see it going to where Samoa Joe wins. Like yeah. I can't even even then. I could not see Roderick Strong winning over Samoa Joe in a one on one bout. Like just just mano a mano, uh-huh. no bullshit. I couldn't see Roderick Strong winning in storyline. Hit 100%. him with the most devastating move in all of sports oh entertainment. Oh my god! I mean, like JD McDonough did with Sami Zayn. Oh, is that how he won? I'm pretty sure that's how he won. The most devastating move in all of professional wrestling. The roll up. No, no. <laughs> Joe deserves so much better. Although, he does, but it sometimes it's just. And that's why they he that had that other match at all in, I guess. Let's talk about the upcoming matches that we have for AEW Dynamite this week. Again, we've already talked about the first two. I'll quickly go over them. AEW World Title Grand Slam Eliminator Tournament final match between Roddy and Samoa Joe. We have the AEW Women's World Title Grand Slam four-way eliminator match between Cheetah, Storm, Rose, and Baker. We also have the new AEW International... Uh, champion John Moxley, who's going to be the new workhorse after Orange Cassidy lost. I mean, the he belt. already was a workhorse. I know, AEW. but now he's going to be that that you know that now like we talked about. Clydesdale. He's going to be uh, defending that title constantly, just oh, like he's Chris, got, St- Chris Statlander. He's going to have. He's got a lot to to own up to when it comes to that championship. Oh yeah, and for sure. Orange Cassidy defended the living shit out of that thing. He really did. But he's going to be facing Big Bill with Ricky Starks in his corner, and also a match between Brian Cage and Adam Page. 
more pages and cages. Jim Ross would absolutely hate it. Uh, <laughs> Followed on AW Collision later in the week. We don't have anything for uh, Rampage announced yet. Uh, but for Collision, we have the AW World Tag Team title match between FTR and the Iron Savages, Boulder and Bronson. They just re-debuted or re-gimmicked, whatever you want to call it, a few yep, months ago. As the Iron Savages, they used to be uh, Bear Country. Uh, they've got, uh, oh God, Juice, not Juice Robinson. What's what's the guy's I name? I Jack- all jacked. Dude's Robinson, jacked. whatever. Jack, Jack Jackerson. Uh, I loved um, them when they were Bear Country. I love them now that they're the Iron Savages. They were in ROH for a little bit. Now they're on Collision, which I think is fantastic. FTR, more more so um, bald. Dax. Bald. <laughs> he said bald that and he, one with gun. He said bald and one with gun. Well, he doesn't have any guns he now. He said, but... uh, yeah, no, we can't have any more. Uh, bald said that he would like to be bald? facing <laughs> uh, and, and, Okay, I have to explain. We'll pull back the the fifth wall so for the longest time i've known of bald and i don't remember what hair. The hair there we go bald Thank you. Hair. i got confused um so i've known about this for it's probably been like a year now i don't know i missed the reference and, and i didn't really realize that people were just referring to ftr was, as bald it was, hair. yeah it was like a week ago when all of this stuff happened with dax uh, or uh, cash. Uh, cash uh i won't even get into it bad stuff we don't talk about it you can do your own research um, but somebody kept saying bald and like one with the gun or one, you know, yeah. whatever. It was like bald. Who are they and, talking about? And Jamie just like, it clicked in her head. It was like a light bulb. She went, oh my God, they've been calling them bald in hair. And I just looked at her like, I thought you knew that. That's sometimes those things go over me. Like, oh no, of like, course. Hear me out. Okay. I'm the, bi- okay, I'm going to admit this. I am one of the biggest Blink-182 fans. Like they are my jam. I grew up listening to them, reading their books. I think I know books, which one you're talking about. Like watching their DVDs, like Blink-182 was my jam. But I literally within the last five years just understood how ridiculously funny it is and what they meant by take off your pants and jacket. I literally oh, I you explained that to me last just year. figured that you took you explained that to me last year and it, it, it was like the same that. thing it was like that same light bulb like how did i not realize that i had that moment where i laughed so hard to myself and i was like oh my god i just take off your pants and jacket i never i never even thought about it so a little bit slow to the references sometimes i apologize and you know in an audio format it's interesting that people who don't know what album that is are going to hear you say that and i wonder what conspires in their mind when oh. you say that because it's a, it's an album <laughs> and it has three symbols it is an airplane. Yes. It Take is, off. It is a pair of pants. Yeah. And it is a, a jacket. jacket. So why would you think anything otherwise? Take off your pants and jacket. Like, okay. I really never thought about it. Come out of the snow. Your, but your again, jacket and your, your snow pants you are know, what you take them off. Yeah. You know? I'm aging myself because I just told you I grew up listening to take off your pants and jacket. So as a kid, I didn't even understand the reference. But touche because it made me chuckle even as a 30-year-old so, yeah. adult. So yeah, this whole, all stems between bald and hair. <laughs> bald and we'll hair. have a tag team match on With the Iron Savages. Against but the Iron Savages. I, what I was trying to get at, I never even got there, was that uh, Dax basically said... We never said, get there. That's what, that's what this entire podcast this is, what is. This is for. Dax basically said that he would like any young uh, wrestling tag team to face FTR and that they're going to be, again, basically young, the workhorses viral, of the tag team championship division. That are just yearning for an edge in the company and i can tell you this that has both sparked amazing tag teams and also extremely weird porn that i found on the internet 
Moving on to WWE, we've got the WWE <laughs> Women's World Title match will be on Monday Night Raw between Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. We I saw this already happened. I'm, I'm having deja vu. I think we've we've seen this fever dream. Um, or something. Let's just we're just gonna move on to SmackDown because obviously this is gonna be an original. We wouldn't think of the Miz versus <laughs> LA Knight. La Knight. I feel like I feel like we've seen this, but there's no way that uh, that SmackDown or I'm sorry that WWE would do literally the same two matches <laughs> from a pay per view that happened. A few weeks ago, I, I can't. Apparently, enough people, including us, did not watch that premium live event. Is that why? Because we didn't watch Payback, back. and they want us to like, no, 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 we really want you two to watch this. Yeah, like, you didn't see Raquel versus Rhea. I, uh, that wasn't even on Payback, was it? I believe it was. Was it? I don't yeah. Know. Can you tell how connected we are on the WWE <laughs> Network? Well, they're running it back in uh, Denver. Well, we'll get. To, we I don't will see the Miz winning this one again. Denver's such a beautiful place. I, we went it's to Colorado gorgeous. last year. Man, it was a gorgeous place. I was going to say the airport's the airport really sucked. deceiving because you get to the airport and you think like, oh, there's going to be like mountains and like beautiful things. No, actually, no. And I know we're on the tail no. end of this podcast because no. we're going on so many different tangents. That's all we've got for for the wrestling for the week. But in the De- the Denver airport, if you ever get a chance to go to the Denver airport, if you're a tried and true traveler and you've had to go on airport airports and throughout the entire United States like myself denver's a nice airport straight uh, it, it's like a straight shot which is well, number one the greatest thing that's ever existed very with easy den- to find with airports where you need you to just, go. there's no turns it's no fancy bs it's just one uh, baltimore is like that baltimore is okay. a shit show i can't stand that place because it's so damn big denver is like th- i think it's like three wings and they're all straight there is no curves it is just straight no nope. bathrooms like it just Two- restaurant breaks uh, yeah uh, but the one nice thing that i found about about denver is they have those upper areas. That second floor. That second oh. floor that nobody's there. Nobody goes no up there. there guys. There's like the only people that are up there are the people that know <laughs> that, that work there. The only people that will go up there, you'll be able to talk to them about coffee and wrestling, a wrestling podcast, because <laughs> you're the only people that go up there are people that just know. There's like three bench seats and we the people had, that work there. We had we sat down and had lunch and watched actually I think we caught up on wrestling. I think yeah. we were behind on AEW back then, and we sat down. We sat down and caught up on wrestling. Uninterrupted, for, like, uninter- uninterrupted. There was like one person came up there. They looked around. They walked down. Amazing airport. Wonderful place to if you don't mind sleeping on the floor. That's the only problem is you got to sleep <laughs> on the floor. Just you find the spot underneath, you know, around the seats. You don't sit in front of the seats because that's right. where everybody pees and poops. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are down to the bottom of the carafe. It is the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. If you've enjoyed this, make sure you give us a five-star review. Send a comment on Spotify. You can say uh, how you felt about this episode. Tell me what you feel. I went on a couple tangents I shouldn't have gone on probably about airports. Yeah. And hey, if you go to the what's airport, your favorite airport and you see a stranger and you're just like, I have nothing to say to them and you're just like kind of wasting time, tell them about Coffee and Wrestling. They might, they might already know, especially if you're in the Denver airport. They might. But thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you tune in every Monday morning and start your week right with a fresh pot of Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. We post every Monday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning so that you have something warm and fuzzy in your tum-tum to wake up to. You can always catch us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod, where we tweet every week on Raw, Dynamite, SmackDown, Rampage, Collision. Oh, my. Oh, my. So many things in between. You can find me on Twitter at Gunk Dudley. And I'm at a bacon party. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you in the next episode.